All right, 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. That's where we're at. I'm about the rest of you, but I'm enjoying this 75 degree weather versus the 90 whatever. Uh, so we, we looked at the, what's that? It's gracious, it's cold. First uh, Peter 2, 11 and 12. We already looked at uh, the kind of the two parts of verse 11. We're going to start. Uh, in the first part here of verse 12. We'll, we'll read both of them here. Uh, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are very thankful, Father, for another day that... Uh, you have blessed us with. Thank you for the breath and the life that uh, only you give, Father. Uh, we're thankful to be here on the first day of the week to, to celebrate Jesus, Father, to, to lift him up. Father, so thankful for uh, what he has done uh, for us, the new creations he has made us, the freedom, the hope, the peace that we have, and it's it's all because of him, Father. So uh, just an honor and a privilege uh, to be here and, and uh, celebrate you know, his amazing victory. And, you know, uh, to be encouraged, Father, by your word as, as we read through um, your scriptures, Father. So just pray for your blessing uh, upon this uh, lesson, Father, as, as we look at, you know, how people are going to slander us and, and uh, you know, you talk about all the time about how we're going to be persecuted. So it shouldn't be a, a surprise uh, to us, Father. So uh, just pray for your blessing on this lesson, all lessons that are going on this morning. We love you and praise you in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. So we're going to look at that, you know, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, right? So the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good, good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation, right? Keep your behavior excellent, right? And that's easy to do. We can, we can handle that. That's not a problem, right? You know, it's, it's, it's a challenge, you know, and we have to understand that that's, that's a challenge, you know. Boy, this, this day and age, you know, I, you know I've, I've, I've shared, you know, many times, that, you know, I've couple things I struggled with uh, before I became a Christian was, you know, language and anger, you know, and, and the things that are going on and, and right now in this day and age, you know, I just, I, I really battle that, you know, as far as just not getting angry, you know, everything that's, that's, that's going on. So um, that's originally, really, that's why I went back to this lesson. I did this, you know, I, I originally, I think, did this lesson, I want to say it was maybe 06, 07, you know, um, and just keep going back to this passage because it's so it's such a great passage you know uh, really when I when I start feeling like you know I'm just I'm, I'm getting I'm getting angry I go back to this because you know um, this is a great passage to, to really help me with my behavior to know that it's not only just for me uh, but it's for others right now and boy there's a lot of people out there right now with no hope um, with everything going on that you know they're they're scared and, and we need to be strong because you know we really need to live out now, our faith is as God tells us uh, to do all the time. So uh, keep your behavior excellent, right? Um, the thing they slander you is evildoers. So I'm kind of looking at the, the, the persecuted side of this. Um, and, you know, it says we will be persecuted for living the life of Christ. God tells us that. It's, it's, you know, it's very, in fact, he says, why are you surprised, right? So God asks us, why are you surprised? You know, so we, we shouldn't be, right? 
Um, that, that persecution comes from, uh, in the Greek, it's 1377. It means to pursue or follow after. Right? In Hebrews, or in the, in the Hebrew, it's uh, 7291, which means to run after, usually with hostile intent. So persecution sounds like it's, it's going to be a really fun thing, right? When, when you're pursued or followed after with hostile intent, right? You read Webster's and it says to afflict or harass constantly, to oppress cruelly, especially for reasons of religion, politics, or race, right? So that so sounds like it's going to be this what? Kind of this constant, you know, this constant battle. And we know that, right? Um, and boy, you can do everything right, you know, for a long time. Boy, the one time you slip up. And that's, and, and that's good because, you know what, people are watching. And that tells you that they are watching because the one time when you do something wrong, they're like, ah, you know, look. And actually, you should, you should, you know, you should be encouraged by that because, you know what, they are watching. You know, which should encourage us even more when they do pick those things out. Okay, so you're watching what I'm doing, you know. And so, you know, I messed up. That's okay. But then continue doing what you were doing, um, you know, before because people are watching, I'm, you know, and they do, you know, they, and they do it kind of, kind of, you know, silently. And most of them don't don't say anything about it. But you know, people are watching. I mean, was I was I was I watching Bill and really didn't even know it, right? You know, as as my teacher, right? I, I had no idea. I'd never I'd never you know been taught um, about God. And, and yet, you know, he, he says, you know, one thing to me and then just by the way he lived and the way he acted, right? You know, and I really, like I said, I really wasn't, really wasn't like paying attention a lot to, you know, what he was saying or what he was doing, but there was just something, right? There was something that I saw just by him living it, regardless of whether I was really absolutely looking for it or not. And so when, when I, when I sought out help, he was the one man that I thought of. It's, 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 that's just crazy, right? And it truly shows you the power of, of living a life of Christ, you know? Even when people aren't looking for it, they're going to see it, you know? And one day, they'll, they'll, they'll be attracted to that. So uh, anyway, let's go, to, let's go to Psalms. We'll do some, some Old Testament, a couple Psalms here. Um, we'll start in Psalms 31, uh, beginning in verse 14. It says, but as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face to shine upon your servant. Save me in your loving kindness. Let me not be put to shame, O Lord, for I call upon you. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them be silent and shield. Let the lying lips be mute, which speak arrogantly against the righteous with pride in and contempt right so who should we look to when those things are, are happening and and honestly we you know we should we should you know be encouraged by those things because why are they why are they persecuting why are they saying those things why are they coming after you right because they see something different in you right and 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 that's that's going to build ultimately uh into your faith as, as god tells us in, in in different scriptures but as for me i trust in you O lord I say, you are my God, right? That's that mindset, that spiritual mindset that we have as resident aliens, right? We know where home is. We know who dad is, right? My times are in your hand. You know, deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me, right? 
God's going to deliver. That's why, and through all this chaos and everything that's going on right now, you know, I keep reminding myself, and I have to remind myself a lot each day, that who's in control ultimately? God is in control ultimately. God, 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 God's in control. So, you know, whatever's going on, it's okay. You know what? Uh, it's going to happen. So as, as, as we, as, as people are, are, are pushing uh, certain certain issues here in this in this world, I get um, I get told that I should be doing those things, and I always tell them like, you know what, my my day uh, that I'm leaving this earth is already set. It's already God already knows when I'm when I'm going to leave, and it's because of this particular virus. Then that's what God, how God wants me to go, and I'm okay with that. So He's in control, and so we got to remember that God's in control, right? God's the one in charge, and regardless of what happens. You know, you've chosen to be on the winning team, right? Amen. You've chosen to be on the winning team. We've already won, right? Now, is there, obviously, is there some work for us to do? Sure there is, okay? Um, but you've chosen the right team. You're on the right team. You know, don't get frustrated. You know, I, as as our boys, you know, sometimes, you know, they, they talk about not wanting to, to, to play, you know, sports because, you know, not their teams. Their teams weren't very good, right? Even though they've, they've worked hard. And, and they know what they're doing, and they play hard, and they play right. You know, others on their teams aren't, aren't that good, so they, they just really don't want to play because, you know, well, our team's not very good, you know. So we talk about, you know, well, you can build that team up. You can build your teammates up, you know. You know what you're doing. Help your, help your teammates along, you know. Um, but, you know, you see the frustration of being on what? Being on a losing team, right? You know, and it can be frustrating. But, see, we're not on a losing team. See, we're, we're on the winning team. You know, so what should be our attitude be? We we are already there. We're we're on the winning team, and you know me, I love to win, man. You know, that's that's and just yeah, just ask ask anybody in the family. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You know, we 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 compete. You know, uh, I it, we have to learn to lose. Uh, even me, still at this age, still has to learn to lose. You know, I don't like losing. So, uh, but anyway, you know, you're on the winning team. Remember, you're on the winning team. It's 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 all right. So. You know, have that confidence. God's got your back. Who else do you want, you know, covering your six here, covering your back, right? Who else do you want? You got you got God right there. You got God. So we don't we don't have to worry about what's going on. We we keep we keep going. Uh let's go to Psalm 71. And we'll begin in verse uh let's begin in verse eleven. Uh saying, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, and there is no one to deliver. Oh God, do not do not be far from me. Oh my God, hasten to my help. Let those who are adversaries of my soul be ashamed and consumed. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor who seek to injure me. But as for me, I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and of your salvation all day long, for I do not know the sum of them. I will come with the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will make mention of your righteousness and yours alone. Right? It says, Oh God, do not be far from me. Oh God, hasten to my help. Let those who are my adversaries of my soul be ashamed and consumed. Right? You ever done that? So, you know, I used to, I used to fire back, you know, at people. You know, when they, when they want to, when they want to, you know, say something, man, I was, I, I was, I was, I'm really good at one-liners, man. I mean, I can, I can, I can throw stuff back at people, you know, it's, it's, you know, I don't know if I should be, you know, boasting about that at all, but, you know, 
but but the mind works pretty quick, and I was always pretty good about you know getting one back a little better, you know, uh, pretty quick. And it was awful, right? I mean, you just you're going back and forth, and you you know better than that person at that point. When when I just when I just shut up and just took it, you know, and would just say something nice back, you know, a lot of times what they'll 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 shut up, they'll 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 stop doing it. And you know what's more important is the people that are watching, right? The people that are watching. Like I've actually had people call down and be like, hey, that. That, that officer man that was that was pretty cool that guy was screaming and yelling and cussing him and in his face and he just kind of smiled you know and and just quietly said something to him because i couldn't hear what he said you know and it was the way it was nice you know uh but i just you know when you stay calm and let those, those people just they, they just they look like the fool right you know and a lot of times they just they just they turn themselves off you know when i found i was I was yelling back, guess what? It just got what? Louder and louder and louder and pretty soon we were on the ground. You know, and that's that's kind of that's kind of the way it worked. So when, when you just you, you just sit back, but let but let the, you know, right? Let those let your adversaries be ashamed, right? Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor. You know, let let them let them act a fool, right? Don't uh, don't don't be the fool with them as God tells us in, in other scriptures. So you know, we don't we don't Hurl insult for insult, right? You know, be be the bigger person. You know, be the the man or woman that God calls us to be, right? How many times do you see Jesus do that? You know, now I, I do I do enjoy the fact that he didn't call them sometimes the brood of vipers, right? <laughs> you brood of vipers, you know. <laughs> I love this. That's a great. You know, I should start using that, right? You know, wouldn't that wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, Jesus used it. Why can't I? You know. So, uh, you know, to use some of that, but you look at Jesus and his example, oh my goodness, um, how he handled, you know, just being hammered all the time, right? You know, just great. He just, most of the time, like, especially when it was the devil, what was he using? Scriptures, right? You know, and uh, I get to tell people all the time, hey, there's an old saying that says, right, Jeff? There's an old saying that says, <laughs> and they have no idea what they're, most of them have no idea what they're, what they're even hearing. So, and that helps, who, who ultimately does that help though? That helps me, right? Because that's running through my brain, right? So how important is it to read and, and try to memorize these scriptures and, and do all those things so we know, right? So we can answer back with that, you know, just like Jesus did. You know, he knew the scriptures and that's how he answered, uh, you know, the devil. So uh, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter 4. I think we'll begin in, in, uh, in verse 1. It says, therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose or the same mind, because he ha who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For the time already passed is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles and pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In all this, they are surprised, right, that you do not run with them into the same excesses of dissipation, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Right? So it's going to happen. They're surprised that you don't run with them. How come you're not doing these things anymore? You know, uh, you know, especially for me, you know, coming into this kind of later in my life, I've already set some really bad habits, right, with, with, with some people. And so when I became a Christian, it was like, 
I'm not doing that anymore. You know? And boy, right, here it comes. Right? I mean, the name calling, the, you know, whatever. And then, and look, I, you know, wasn't very smart on their part. They might have been my friends, but they knew the kind of person I was still at that time. Now you start hammering me with calling me names and wanting to come after me. There's only one way I'm going to react. Right? I'm going to try to knock your head off. And so, so, you know, some of that happened. But they, what the, what they do? So I shouldn't have been surprised, right? I should have been more into the scriptures knowing that, you know, that that was going to happen. And so they're surprised that you don't run into that, right? And so they malign you, right? But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead, right? They're going to have to give account, just like we are. But it goes back to the last part of the scripture, right? Now, they might do that. They might hammer you, but if you handle it correctly, right? Maybe on the day when their life falls apart, they're going to what? They're going to come ask. And they can glorify God on the day of visitation. Well, there's, there's no non-Christian that's going to do that. You know, or a Christian that's not living a life of Christ is, is, is not going to glorify God in the day of visitation. So you see the people that are, that are doing this could, because of our good deeds, as they observe them, right, could become Christian. So it's important when, when those things happen uh, to understand that. Um, and even now, I mean, you might, you might, you know, ha- have people in your life um, that are still trying to get you to do those things. And I, and I found that some of them were just doing it just to try to get me to do it, right? Because I knew the kind of person I was trying to be. Um, and yet they were just, they were just, you know, trying, trying to get this. So I'm like, you know what? You just got to get out of my life. You, you got, you got to go. So, and unfortunately, some of those people I've never talked to again, you know, but just like Bill, right? Maybe one day. Maybe one day they'll they'll call up. Who knows? I, I don't know. Um, but it's but that's their choice, and that's that's their free will to, to do that. So, but don't be surprised, and and don't and, and don't give in, right? Because um, they're they're going to give account, and hopefully they're on they're on the right side. Um, I was going to go to to Mark, which well, let's go there just because I want I want to make I want to make a point. Let's go to Mark chapter four. You know we've we've all heard the the. Uh, the sower and the seed, right? I mean, we all understand what that is. Um, but, you know, ultimately, see Mark chapter 4, verse 3, right? So as, as, as we look at those seeds, right, you know, um, you know, some verse 4 there that fell on the road, birds came in it up on the rocky ground, it had no depth, so it went away. Um, here's the thing. The other seed fell among the thorns. The thorns came up, choked it, and yielded no crop, right? And so as you look at that, even, even, even Christians that, you know, have been in this a long time, right? They, they can still get choked up by those weeds. And, and we've seen it, right? We've seen, you know, 20, 20 year Christians, you know, right? Or even farther, just be like, woo, just what, what happened? You know, it finally, it finally got, they finally got choked out, Right? Don't, don't, don't get choked out. You know, I call it complacency. Why do, why do, why do 25, 30-year cops get killed? Man, they've been doing that for so long. How, how could you not? Well, what is it? It's just that complacency. It's like, oh, I've done this before. It's, you know, so they're not taking that. What, what about long-term Christians, you know? What about any of these, you know, that I was talking about besides the last one, right? But the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things, right? All, all these things, boy, in, in this day and age, 
cell phones and, and everything that we got going on, the access that we have by this little device that we hold in our hand. Isn't that crazy? It, it can be such a blessing to be able to talk to somebody, you know, a brother or sister across the world, you know, but that little thing can also be a curse. But it all depends on how we how we utilize that tool that, that God has has given us. You know, what are we what are we going after? Are, are we reaching for the we're reaching for the sky? Do we know where home is? Are we looking towards heaven, you know, all the time? Or are we really looking for, you know, what, what we're doing here? So well, we want to be those, what, that the, 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 the hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold. Uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, beginning in verse 1. So it says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, the disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Right? Verse 8, I've always, I don't know why I've always loved for, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart. Right, because God knows our heart. But sometimes that on the on the on the external, I'm not showing the right things. Maybe I'm not saying the right things, you know. But God, what? God knows my heart, you know. Much like David, you know. I, I go back to David a lot. You hear me talk about David a lot, right? Not full of the Holy Spirit, uh, but but what? Made some big mistakes, right? Made some made made some serious mistakes. But but. But God calls him a man after his own heart. His own heart. Right? David had a great heart. He had a pure heart, even though maybe on the external he didn't do some of the right things. Right? But also, when, when David's dancing and jumping around in front of the ark, right? When it's moving, right? He's, I mean, they loved God so much. He didn't care what other people thought about him. You know? His wife's sitting up in the window going, what Right? What a total goofball. You know, he, he, I, you just see him out there. I love that picture, right? Like him, him just excited about God, you know, and just dancing and not caring about anything or anyone, what anyone thought of him except for God, you know. But, but you know, he made some big mistakes. But, you know, the pure, right? Those with the pure heart. Uh, Ten, blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Right? So we should look at those persecutions as what? As a good thing. Right? If people are coming after you, if people are saying bad things to you, or are treating you differently because they know that you're a Christian, because you believe in God, that's a good thing. Right? Because then you're living it right. That should say, you know what? I'm doing the right thing for God because people are seeing it and hating it. Right? And that's okay. So hopefully one day they'll figure it out. But blessed, right, are those who have been persecuted for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when, when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Blessed, God says, are you when you get insulted and are persecuted, right? And rejoice and be glad. See? God says, enjoy it, right? Be happy about it. For your reward in heaven is great. For the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you, right? 
Is it any is it any worse than what they did to Jesus? What's happening to you on a maybe somebody says something to you or whatever? You know, is it any worse than what happened to Jesus? Or all those that, that we see as examples before us? Or maybe men and women that you know that went before you just the generation before, or two generations before, right? Nothing's changed. And and, and nothing that we're going through is is even compares. Uh, to Jesus. So we rejoice and be glad, right? Because we're resident aliens. Where's home? Because our home's in heaven. It's going to be an awesome place. I love the fact that God really doesn't give us a, a like a clear picture of what, you know, heaven's really going to be like, you know. Um, you know, he, he, he hints about a little bit in Revelation, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to be like, wow, it should be like this great surprise, right? You know, and I can just imagine what it's going to be. Uh, as he talks about, you know, our reward. Um, how about Matthew? Let's go, we'll stay in five. Let's just skip down to, uh, let's start in verse 43. Uh, he says, you have heard that it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that they may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, right? So pray for those who persecute you. Well, there's a new, there's a new concept, right? You know, uh, he says, you know, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so, so that you may be sons, so that you may be sons of your father in heaven, right? So that you, that you, but also because of your good deeds, right? Because you're praying for them, because you're being the example for them, hopefully they choose as well to be sons or daughters, right? Just as First Peter tells us. Uh, let's go to uh, Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, and we'll read, uh, let's see. Let's just read verse 14. It says, Bless those who persecute you, you bless and do not curse. Right? So these are just a few of the scriptures that God talks about. You know, really how, you know, we should be acting towards those, um, you know, that are persecuting us. Why? Because ultimately, as it says in 1 Peter, so they make it to heaven. Right? Be because of our behavior. So how we react to somebody when they persecute us or malign us or, or make fun of us, whatever they say, how, how we react could determine whether they make it to heaven or not. Isn't that crazy? That's what God's saying, right? God, they need to see our example, right? And they're already watching. They're already watching. Oh, they're watching, right? Um, but, you know, we need, we need to pray, pray for those. We need, we need to pray for those folks, you know, as a, uh, you know, just like Jesus, Jesus, Jesus died for all, and you know ultimately we should we should want their name in the book of life, as well, right? I mean, if really if if, if we really truly believe in God and and that's our faith, um, then we should believe that there's only two options: that there is a lake of fire, which sounds like a fantastic place, and there's heaven, you know. And so we have to really understand how how nasty a place. That is, that, that most, unfortunately, most people are going to right now. 
and, and have for, for years, since the very beginning. That's where, that's where people go. Do you, really, do you really believe that there is a place like that, that is so, so horrible? The outer darkness, right? You ever been in a, in a dark room, so dark that you really can't figure out where you're at? You kind of get this panicked feeling. We did some, some training uh, a few months ago in, in, uh, in a gas chamber. And, um, you know, they threw so much gas in there that little you could not see. Like it was like, and then when your, your gas mask starts leaking, right? So not only you're kind of, you're a little panicked, you know, a little bit, you got to control that, you know, and the fact that I have no idea where the exit is. And now my gas mask is leaking. And so now you're not going to be able to breathe. And so now you're really panicked, right? So like, well, thankfully, you know, I mean, I make sure my gear works. So I didn't, mine wasn't, but I was watching. I could hear others, you know, start coughing and, and one guy screaming, you know? And so then trying to find that guy, you know, to grab, grab a hold of him, you know, and, and let him know he's even finally found a wall, you know, like and found it with my head first. So that was good. Uh, you know, I'm feeling along there and, and I ran into somebody kind of trip. Boom. Oh, there it is. Perfect. All right. I got it. You know, there's the wall and fall the wall rather, you know, and so you're and this guy, you finally find this guy and hold on to him. And then, you know, one of the trainers comes running in and grabs him and, and takes him out, you know, but that, that, that panic of really kind of not being able to seek, right. Where's the exit? And then that happens. Right. And I'm like, I need to get out, but I have no idea. I have no idea how to get out. The outer darkness. That's just that's just one one piece of what the lake of, of fire is. Not only talking about just being agony and torment, as 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 we can read, absolutely horrible place. And and so many people have no idea that it, it exists or that they're destined for it. Yet we do. We 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 know that that exists. By, by faith, we believe that that place exists. And we can, we can make a difference in people's lives so they don't spend eternity there. Eternity. I think 16-hour shifts are long. In the 16 hours, I'm like, oh, man, that was a long day. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about forever. But that's where they're going to be. Do you believe that? I think if we did, if I think we really truly believe that with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, that we we would really live differently. And that that that's that's for all of us. Because that, that's a real place. And uh so we, we don't we don't want people to go we don't want people to go down there. Right? Um did I make it to John fifteen yet? I don't think I did, did I? John 15, um, let's go to verse 18. It says, The world hates you, you know, that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. This is Jesus, right? This is Jesus saying, look, the world hates you. Well, you know what? They hated me first. 
right? And he was able to succeed, sin-free, by the way, right? Not sinning. Ezekiel is saving a loss. He didn't hunker in his bunker. He was out there every day. No sleep, hungry, tired, dealing with thousands of people at a time, being chased by the worst. The devil was always trying to get him. And yet, what was his attitude? And what did he do? Right? Just every single day. Just, just that amazing attitude. It's like, hey, you know what? They hated me first. If you run the world, I love the world would love its own, right? Right? When when you're part of the world, they don't persecute you because, yeah, man, because you're, you're going to join them with, with those excesses that God talks about, right? Well, they're, they're going to love you. But because you're not, because you're different, because I chose you out of the world, they're going to hate you. They're going to they're gonna think, as, as I've been called, a, a goody two-shoes. Anybody use that word anymore? Goody two-shoes. What, what is that even word? What is that? I'm like, I was wondering what that meant. The goody two-shoes. Huh? Okay, well... I'm like, did you just really call me that? <laughs> so, but that's okay. You know, that's okay. Because when, when we do the right thing, when we say the right, the right words, when we, when we encourage them, when we don't fire back, right? We're hoping that one day that they ask that because of your good deeds, as they observe them, God says, that they'll ask. And then we have to be ready, right? God says we have to be ready, you know? Like how Bill says, look, we, we should all be able to teach the elementary teachings, right? We should all be able to get somebody to the point where they understand what they're doing in the water. And then make it there. We all, sh we all should be able to do that, right? Because that's what they're doing. They're watching. So just know, the world, the world God, God tells us that all the time. These are Jesus' own words, right? Well, we know all scriptures are inspired by God. So these are all God's words. He says over and over and over again, it's coming. Don't be surprised. You know, you've, you've chosen to be on this team, but you've chosen the winning team. Help others to, to, to join the team, right? Where our citizenship is, right? We're resident aliens. Um, let's go to Mark 10 real quick. Let's see, I've got 10 minutes. Mark chapter 10, uh, beginning in verse 28. Because Peter began to say to Jesus, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there was no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake, for the gospel's sake, but that he will, not, that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms, Along with, I like how he throws this in, what? Persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. Many who are first will be last and the last first. Jesus says, look, things are going to be great for you. You're going to get all this. But then he throws in, right? He gets, you're going to have all this. You're going to have all this. But, oh, wait, you'll receive 100 times as much now, but uh, also uh, along with some persecutions. I like how he just throws that in there, right? He's like, Tony, it's going to be great, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Why? Why? Because God wants you to understand that that's what's going to happen. You know? Does God know? God knows. The day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. God knows the beginning and the end of this thing. Right? He knows and he knows. Jesus is like, 
man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. It's over and over and over again. These are just a few of the scriptures that are talking about being persecuted. They're, they're all over the place, brethren, if you look. So it shouldn't be surprised when these things happen to us. Let's go to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians 1, beginning in uh, verse 11. It says, for, this is Paul, right? For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me in is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. You have heard my former manner of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure and try to destroy it, right? Killing what? Paul was part of what? Of, of killing Christians. And I was advancing in, in Judaism beyond many of the contemporaries among my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. This guy what? He was all about it. He was all about going out, pulling people out of, their, out of their houses, and having them killed. But when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb, and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me, so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were possible before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. Right? <coughs> Excuse me. Then three, three years later, I went up to Jerusalem to become acquainted with Cephas to stay with him 15 days. But I did not see any, uh, other, any other of the apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now, in what I am writing to you, I assure you before God that I'm not lying. Then I went into the region of Syria and Cilicia. I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ, but only they kept hearing. He who once persecuted us is now preaching the faith which he once tried to destroy. And they were glorifying God because of me. God, you don't think God can use you? God took a murderer and turned him into one of the most amazing men of God, right? And... and they were glorifying God because of him, a murderer, converted. See, anybody, God can use anybody. Set me apart, even from my mother's womb. We're set apart. See, God knows. God knows it all. God knows when your last day is already. But look at Paul, right? Now, now, did Paul have to humble himself? Yeah, see, Paul, Paul had a part in this in order to be humbled, in order, in order to, to, to be successful, but he did it, right? He was still, he's like, I was unknown by sights of the churches, right? They just kept hearing. They didn't, never even saw him, but they just kept hearing about what he was doing. And they were what? Glorifying God. See that? People can just hear about what you do. They don't have to see it. They don't have to be here firsthand. But just know the kind of life you're doing, the things that you're doing, and they're going to glorify God. God can, can, can take anybody and, and, and turn them. It's up to them. They have to have a humble heart, and they want to be, have to be willing to join the team, right? And to do their part on the team. But God took a murderer. And he, and he turned him in to just an amazing man. 
Notice I said God did that. Not, not Paul himself. Uh, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 10. It says, Now you follow my teaching, right? Conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions and sufferings, such as happened to me in Antioch and Iconium and, and, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Right? How many times have I said that already today? Right? But you follow. Can you imagine what Paul looked like by the end of by the end of his life? You know, how many times he been beaten? I mean, left left for dead for goodness sakes. He was stoned so hard that they thought he was dead, and left him for dead. And he gets up. And what's he do? Just goes right back to preaching, right? Just gets right back after it. Yeah. Not afraid. Why? Because what's he say? And, and who's he give credit to? Right. Oh, the Lord rescued me, right? And out of them all, out of them all, the Lord rescued me. And he just gets right back up. And imagine, I mean, you know, you, you think he went to the hospital and sat in his bed for a while and got everything until all his bones were straight and where they needed to be and that he was, you know, good to go. And No, can you imagine what this dude looked like by, by the end? I, mean, I don't even know if he could, how he even walked, right? You know, how many broken bones he had. Singing while he's in jail, in the dungeon, saving people while he's in the dungeon. You kidding me? See, there was a man thankful for what God had done for him because Paul knew. Paul knew what he had done, and Paul knew what he was destined for. And yet God, God went to him, and He humbled Himself. And then what did He do? Man, He just kept going. You know, thankful. Thankful to God for the for the change He brought about His life, and just wanting to what, wanting to help others, no matter what that what that brought to Him, and, and for Him it brought a lot of physical pain, right? But He just He just kept going through it all, right? And He says, "All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted." Right? There's times I actually find myself, you know, thinking like when things are pretty smooth, like nobody's. Nobody's really doing anything to me. I'm like, well, I must be doing something wrong. In in a godly way. Why isn't anybody coming after me? God says I should be persecuted and living a godly life. Why are things so smooth for me right now? Oh, it's because I'm living too worldly. That's why. Because I haven't I haven't been in, I'm serious. I mean, when I haven't been in the Word when I need to be, when I'm not praying every day, when I just kind of sink into, you know, just living my life here, guess what? It is. It's pretty, it's, it's amazing how that works. And when you ramp it back up, when you start getting back in the Word and really working on your life to make it, you know, one just like Jesus, guess what? Then they start coming again. Like all this stuff starts hitting. It's crazy. So when life's, when life's easy, you know, not all the time, maybe we should check on what we're doing. Are we really getting out there living it for God? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. First Corinthians four, uh, beginning in verse twelve. I don't know if I did that right. No, we'll jump here in the in the middle. Um, let's start in verse eleven. First Corinthians four, verse eleven. 
Um, to this present hour, we are both hungry and thirsty and are poorly clothed and are roughly treated and are homeless. Oh, that sounds like a great life. <laughs> and we toil, working with our own hands. When we revile, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure. When we are slandered, we try to uh, consolate. We have become as the scum of the world, the dregs of all things, even until now. Hey, just to encourage you about the life of Christ. Okay, there you go. <laughs> but really, I mean, it was, you know, it was pretty rough times, right? You know, again, how thankful are you for what you have? You know, how thankful are you for how God has provided for you? Right? Are you hungry and thirsty? Are you poorly clothed? Y'all look pretty nice to me. Y'all look, you know, fed and, well, I shouldn't say well fed, but fed and, you know, and... <laughs> <laughs> and, and thirsty, not thirsty, right? Roughly treated. You have a house, you have a place to live. We do. How thankful are the things God has done for you and provided for you, right? And we toil, working with our own hands. When we revile, we bless. When we're persecuted, we endure. That's, that's the life of Christ. We have the greatest example. And he's, he's our leader. He's our Lord. He's our king. He's the one that set the example for us. It wasn't just somebody else. When we can look at Paul, which is an amazing life, you know, of, of what he was willing to endure and go through, and many other men and women be, uh, along with him, before him, after him. But ultimately, we need to look at the one example, right? And that's who? That's Jesus, right? That's Jesus. He's the one that set the bar. He's the one that blazed the path. And we should walk in his footsteps. When you, when you think things are getting rough, you need to look at Jesus. You need to look at the, the men and women that God has set as, as examples for us. I'm out of time. I've got more scriptures. We're going to finish it um, next week. Um, I've got one more, one more Sunday left. And so we'll get through that. And we'll look at uh, how those that observe our good deeds glorify God on the last day of visitation. So understand, brethren, that the persecutions will come and all we have to do is endure. Thank you. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.